Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. Well, good morning, and again, welcome to Glory Church Online. If you are watching for the first time, my name is Greg McKinney, and my wife and I are the lead pastors here at Glory Church, and it is an honor to have you with us. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to our Glory Church family uh, who are possibly watching with each other in small groups throughout the Kansas City area. It is so good to be with you, though I wish we could be face-to-face right now, though I wish we could uh, literally sing together. I am just beyond thankful that uh, you are meeting in a home. I do just want to challenge you, encourage you, uh, those who are in a group, let this be a powerful time to dive deeper together. To, to grow, to expand, uh, maybe to even multiply your group, that when we get back together, uh, which will be a sweet, sweet Sunday morning, but when we get back together, there would be such a- excitement and energy because of the growth that God has done in your homes and your groups. And so uh, I am excited for what is to come. If you w- are watching maybe outside of a Sunday morning or, or perhaps listening in on the Glory podcast, I would just encourage you, if If you are in the Kansas City area, join us on a Sunday morning. Reach out. We'd love to get you plugged into a small group, and we'd love to just get to know you. Um, Next week, I am pretty excited. I will give you a little spoiler. Uh, As Kate already said at the beginning, we are doing something called the main thing. And this will be something, though it'll be our first time to do it, it'll be something you will come to be very familiar with as the years go on. We want to revisit this every, uh, every four months. So three times a year, uh, we'll have a main thing Sunday. And this is really where we are going to sit down in an, a, a creative way, in a uh, comical and sweet and uh, sentimental way. We are going to revisit our values, our core vision, and, and realize and how have we done it in the past? Celebrate the stories of growth that have come, and then uh, the last half will sort of just be pointing to what is to come, and uh, you will hear sort of our uh, vision for the next four months. You'll hear some, some more clarifications on when we will be back together, what that'll look like, as well as things that we can dive deeper into, our core values. And the, my favorite part of all this is there's going to be more than just me speaking into this. In fact, we are going to have a group of people, a panel, where though I will emcee it, though I'll, I'll ask the questions, you're going to hear from five of our Glory family members as they discuss our core values, where they've seen them at work, as we celebrate together, laugh, uh, get uh, serious and uh, then point to the future. And so I'm excited. If you have been watching Glory Church on the outside and, and been wondering what, what we're all about, this would be the Sunday that you do not want to miss, okay? So uh, if you have a friend who has been interested in Glory Church, uh, next Sunday is the weekend that you say, come over and watch it with me. I- enjoy this service with me. The, I want you to know that, that our church keeps the main thing as the main thing. And so that's going to be the theme of next week. It'll be a wonderful pause in between two powerful sermon series. Um, And we then, as you heard the next week on Father's Day, are going to start a brand new series. And so I'm excited for what is to come. But this morning, 
This morning, we're tying a beautiful bow around the book of Philippians. We have been in this study now eight weeks. Can you believe that? Eight weeks? I can't even fathom. It feels like it has just happened so quickly. But uh, if you are like me, then you uh, can attest that God has spoken some powerful truths through these past eight weeks. In fact, I just wanted to just go ahead and say thank you to those who have had uh, nothing but kind and encouraging words about last week's message. Um, it was so timely. Our city is uh, is finally making some ground. Uh, this, this past week has been uh, really healthy and powerful to see our city come together and unify. Some changes already being uh, voiced and implemented, and there's more to come. But last week, we just sat in the chaos of the protests, uh, the chaos of the riots, the chaos of people's fears, and God spoke some powerful things, uh, and, and it was just it literally studying the text that was assigned to that morning when we, we decided months ago, right, that we would dive into the book of Philippians. And so God taught us that we will respond to anything right with prayer and we will respond to everyone with gentleness so if you miss that you can find it on our website uh, it's week seven of philippians or you can just type in uh, glory podcast in the apple podcast search bar and i'd love for you to get caught up on that um, but this morning we are closing it out the last section of chapter four is what we're going to dive into and as we get into it i just want to remind you uh, I don't want to be blunt in saying this, but we have to remember that this section, this book is not for us specifically at the beginning. Like the, the main point of this uh, whole message was a, a beautiful letter from a man named Paul to a church at Philippi. So we have to see that first. And then it's secondary, beautifully written to us. But let's not mistake that this was foremost a beautiful handwritten letter from a pastor who was locked away in jail and who loves, who, who wants to see and, and encourage a church that he helped plant in Philippi. And so as we do this, we are but a fly on the wall and this, this written uh, conversation between Paul and the church at, at Philippi. And uh, you'll come to see that one of the most well-known verses in the whole book of Philippians is in this section. That whole, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But before we latch on to that, can we just sit back and realize the context? Why Paul said it? why it made sense for Paul to speak it, and maybe it will help uh, formulate the how we speak that now. So as we get into this, we're going to open up to uh, chapter 4, verse 10 this morning. And so to the Philippian church, Paul writes this, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned but you had no opportunity to show it. Pause. We will read soon that a man named Epaphroditus came and delivered Paul while he was in prison, delivered him a gift from the Philippians. That perhaps this gift is the very reason Paul decided to write this whole letter to the Philippian church. And so what he is saying, I know that you've already always had concern for me, but now you have the opportunity to show it. Maybe now they had the messenger or now they got word of where Paul was or how Paul was doing. And so at the moment there was the opportunity, this church decided to give. Like that is a commendable quality that, that Paul has constantly seen 
uh, in the Philippian church. And so he continues and he says, I'm not saying all of this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned, in fact, the secret of being content in, ev- in any and every situation, whether I am well-fed or I'm hungry, whether I live in plenty or in want. Some of your translations may say, I have learned the secret of facing plenty, of facing hunger, of facing abundance, and of facing need. Those four words, plenty, hunger, abundance, need. Paul has learned this beautiful ability to be content, to face it. And then he says, in fact, I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. Not I can do all the things that are coming in the future, or I can do all of these things in my day. No, I can handle all of the situations, any, any season of plenty and any season of hunger, because if he who gives me strength. And so he says, yet in verse 14, it was good of you to share in my troubles. It was good for you to hear of my suffering, for you to feel the weight of my suffering and pain. It was good for you. Verse 15, moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me more aid, uh, aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desired your gifts But what I desire is that more would be credited to your account. In other words, throughout this time, you have have met my needs. God has used you to meet my needs. And it's not that I've desired for you to do it. But what I am excited about each time is that your account has been credited. Your heart has been overwhelmed with generosity. You have grown such surrender and submission to the Lord. You have grown in trust. You have grown in the fruit of the Spirit, Philippians. And then he says, I have received full payment, and now I have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent, they are a fragrant offering. He says, an acceptable sacrifice that is pleasing to God. And I know this, Philippians, that my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus to our God and Father. Be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then in in this beautiful ending. He says, may the grace of Jesus be with you. And Paul finishes this letter. I can imagine him folding it up and sending it with a messenger on its way to this church. And the book ends. As we realize this, he is trying to showcase, like, I have lived consistently knowing that God will provide, he will be my supply, and the riches of heaven will be my my everything. You have shown that to me, Philippians, that when I'm in need, the riches from heaven come from you and meet those needs. And so I'm going to speak it to you too, church of Philippi, that in your need, God will provide. And so as we look at this, there is this beautiful overarching display of, of Paul leading with such contentment, right? He is able to face anything and be okay. He's able to face anything and be okay. The message that he wants the Philippians to realize is that that your God's going to meet all of your needs. And so in any need, you are going to be okay. 
I want that level of contentment. That as a man, as a leader, as a father, as a pastor, I want that same level of contentment because everything going on in our world right now, it is so easy to get distracted and frustrated and angry and bitter. But the ability to see where we're at and to also choose to see the abundance of Jesus amidst it, that's the characteristic that Paul's showcasing. That's the beautiful truth that he is modeling. But if I'm honest, far too often discontentment calls the shots for me. Does it for you? Far too often discontentment. Discontentment is what keeps me up at night, right? Discontentment is what ruins and, and plagues my thoughts. It, it sort of uh, sets this, this negative tone on all of my thoughts, discontentment, it controls them, it damages my prayers. Discontentment changes the wording of my worship. Discontentment, it robs our joy, it steals our ability to hope. Discontentment, that, that inability to just be okay, that I wish I had something else, that mentality, it begins calling the shots for us. And we do not do what Paul is mirroring. In, in our world, right, where literally COVID-19 has, has had to change all of reality for us, this huge shift, we can very easily sit in discontentment. In a world where we're realizing we are not as healed as we thought, and wounds are surfacing, and pain is, is re-evoked in us, and, and we are realizing this is not where we thought we were. Discontentment can call the shots I wrote this down that discontentment strikes when our needs meet alternate wants. I'll say that again. Discontentment often strikes the most when our needs, those core needs, the need to be loved, the need to be provided for, the need to have a shelter, the need to literally eat food, when those needs are met by alternate wants. That is when discontentment strikes. In other words, when we want more than the provision that God is supplying now. It's as if you're sitting at a table and the plate that God has given you to eat today that you should be glad and rejoice. You're saying, but I don't want this food. I don't want this food. Discontentment strikes when our need for food is met by the alternate wants of I don't want this food. God, I, I see that you're providing this day, but I don't want this day. And it turns out in our hearts where we don't want the strength for today. We just want a different today. We just want a different today. I just want a different style in my relationship. I just want a good relationship. I just want to get out of this. I just want to get a higher paycheck. I just want this quarantine to end. I just want this life to be better. I just want all these changes to happen in our government. I just want this. And as we look at what's in front of us and wish that it was something else, discontentment strikes and we are paralyzed in our worship, Paul has this ability to say, what is in front of me, I'm able to rejoice in. In fact, what is in front of me, I am uh, able to be strong in. Because he's not strengthening me for what I wish I had. He's strengthening me for what I do have. What I have now, I look at a Paul who teaches that. In fact, he is in a prison. I cannot imagine how many times he has played the thoughts of, I wish I was out. Of course he wanted out. Of course he wanted to be free. Of course he probably wanted good food. 
made by, by his favorite chef or his, his, his favorite friend. He wanted to see and laugh and joke and hug. He wanted to be with good company again, but that's not where he was. And I cannot imagine how often he had to realign his wants to meet and to be, to be in focus with his core need. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And this man, he was able to consistently say, uh, I don't want out of now. I just want the strength for my now. Did you pick that up? Where Paul is able to say, it's not that I want out of now. I just need the strength for my now. I need the strength for my now. Because the man, he has asked for an out before. Do you remember in, in, uh, to the book, uh, to the Corinthian church, that he has said three times he had prayed for the thorn in his flesh to be gone. And yet three times God did not answer with a yes. In fact, finally, uh, he answers by saying, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Paul has learned that, that it isn't so much that what I need is the absence of this thorn. Because more than that, I need God's grace. Who can do that which can do more than even the absence of this thorn could? His grace will provide more for me than the fantasy of being without this prison. His grace in the prison can provide more for me than the idea, the fantasy, the, the thoughts that I can come up with of what life would be like outside of it. And Paul, he decided, so I'm going to stay. Because it's in the prison where God's supply was. Think about it. Yeah, God could have given them the strength to leave the prison, but instead, God gave him the strength to be on mission in the prison. God gave him the strength to have conversations that maybe no other prisoner would have. God gave him the strength to write a letter that we have been so touched by the past eight weeks. God has given him the strength, and this strength is not outside the prison. It is supplied in the prison, and so Paul remained. And that kind of uh, focus changes things, that what we need right now is just the strength that God is providing right now. Did you catch that? What I need right now is the strength that God is providing right now because we don't need it at the end of the day. We don't need for this quarantine to end. Some of you, what you have, have believed that you need right now is just for life to go back to normal. Or what you need right now is just for, for that person to make that decision. Or what you need right now is that higher paycheck. Or what you need right now, you believe, is, is for this to happen or that to take place or him to like you. We add on these needs. And it allows discontentment to arise. What you need right now is not for the issues in your marriage or the issues of how you view yourself to be fixed. What you need right now is the strength that God is providing for you right now so that you may be strong in your marriage, so that you may be strong in this quarantine, that you may be strong amidst a city that is seeming to crumble, that you may be strong when other people are weak, that you may be strong now. Not outside of now, but now. What we need right now is the strength that God is providing right now. And I get it. That sounds churchy. 
That almost sounds as churchy as me just telling you to just pray about it. And sometimes that can get you frustrated. Oh, why do I just need to pray about it? Or how do I just take on his strength for today? I get it. That's confusing. But this, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. It's actually powerful when you see what the word strength really means. And in the original Greek, the word strength means to cause to be able. To cause to be able that literally for Paul, he is able to do all things because there's this outside force, not of his own doing, but an outside force who causes him to be able to handle it who causes him to be able to. And so it's not this, I can do whatever I want because God gives me strength, but I can do this now. I can breathe right now. I can survive this right now. I can see clearly right now. I can hope right now. I can wait with patience right now because I have a force who is causing me to be able. That changes things for us. There is a force, a God, a divine power who is causing you right now to be able. And maybe this morning all it was was he caused you to be able to get up, to get up and discipline yourself. Maybe he caused you to be able to sing some songs earlier where you have felt so heavy and weighed down with with anxiety and depression, but earlier you sang uh, where there was a breakthrough coming, where our God is providing a miracle, and what he caused in you was the ability to speak it and believe it. For some of you, he's causing you to be able to be present in the marriage that you're worried uh, that, that is crumbling around you. He's causing you to be able to, to speak, to see clearly, to implement the small changes in our city that you know need to be implemented. He has caused you to be able. And sometimes we get so discontent because we wish that something would just change, but God has enabled you to bring it. But it's in this now. He's causing Paul to be strong in the prison instead of to give him the strength to get out of the prison. It changes things when we see it right now. That what you need right now is not to get out of your prison, your current prison, your current suffering, your current struggle. What you need right now is the literal ability that God is providing for you in this prison. What is the literal ability? Because I'll tell you right now, it's funny, when we are in a season of hunger, when we're in a season of need, and I, I've been there so many times where I just, I feel needy. I need answers, God. I'm hungry for, for vision. I'm hungry for just something new. I'm hungry for, for, for just peace. God, I, I'm needy right now. And often in those places, in the seasons of hunger, we crave abundance. And we think all of my pain will go away when I'm in a season of plenty. But in doing that, we distract ourselves from taking ownership of the abilities that God is providing to us now. In fact, every season is in, is in need of strength from the Lord. A season of abundance, you're going to need clarity to still praise when you're in a season of abundance. You're going to need clarity to still surrender, to still serve, to still bless, to still respond, to still see things with open and humble eyes. Every season needs God's strength to cause us to be able and so the season you're in right now, it won't get fixed when the season changes. The season you're right now is rich, rich of the ability, of the blessing, of the strength, 
of the enabling work of God. And it's right now with you. He is providing you abilities. And so as we end this morning, I actually want to do so through referencing, through looking into a, a, a text of Scripture that is beautifully cross-referenced with this Scripture in Philippians, where Paul is saying, I, I am made able because of him. King David in the Psalms is about to say, by you, I am made able to do this. And it's so beautiful to see. So we're going to open up and finish this morning off by diving into chapter 18 of the Psalms. And we're going to pick up in verse 29, and the verse 29 itself, man, it is so specific, so detailed, but I believe God has something for you. He says this, King David writes, for by you, I can run against the truth. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. I'm going to let this be right here, stay, because it's by him King David says, I can run against a troop. Notice that it's not saying, by you, I can be victorious against the troop. But he's taking a step by step. Sometimes you are so discontent because you think that what you want or what would make it better is to just be victorious over your current enemy or to be victorious or to just be done where there's no battle in front of you. But what God has given you the ability to do right now are strong legs for you to advance against the enemy, for you to fight in this battle. And no, you haven't met them yet because he's running against the troops. But you have been strengthened. You have been strengthened to run ahead with endurance. And maybe right now that is the ability that you're taking for granted because you're discontent with the fact that the enemy is in front of you. You're discontent with the fact that you're in a battle right now. But God has strengthened David's legs to run. And so for some of you, maybe he is strengthening you right now to run, to, to strain ahead with all courage, knowing that each and every step God will provide the next ability. God will provide the strength to do the next thing. But right now, he's telling you to run. And I love it, right? The next thing says, my God will help me. He, he makes me able to leap over a wall. Sometimes we want through the wall. Sometimes we wish the wall, that barricade wasn't there. Sometimes we think that God will just knock the wall down like he did Jericho. And so that's what we've been praying. And we're so angry and discontent because in this season, it should be gone like we think. But he has given David the ability to leap over the wall. And some of you, there is an overcoming power that is happening in your spirit because he has made you able to do it. Yet you think you will be able to do something when that wall's gone. No, God is strengthening your legs to make a leap of faith. And maybe it means that you're not going to be alone in this. Maybe you have to rely on other people, but God is strengthening your legs to leap. And you've been pointing at so many other things, discontent, all while forgetting that the plate in front of you is supplying you with the ability to overcome, not supplying you with the ability to run from it or, or for it to just be over, but to overcome it. And he continues, this God his way is perfect. Amen. His, the word of the Lord proves true, and it's proving true right now in you, and I know it is, for he is a shield for all of those who take refuge in him. He is our shield, our strength, our comfort, our safety. For who is God but the Lord? 
Who is a rock except our God? And I love this. Our God, the God who has equipped me with strength and has made my way blameless. There is a divine equipping happening in you and you, we often overlook it because we wish we were in a different context or in a different season. But right now where you are, there is a divine equipping and he has given you ability to meet what you're doing now. And we cannot overlook it. We have to stop being angry by what was going on right now and realize that your legs have been strengthened to stand in the now. There is an equipping happening in the believers in our world. There's an equipment happening in in the believers in our city. People are standing up. There's an equipping happening in our church. God is going to call some of you to do some things, to stand, to believe, to speak. And you have to realize that it's in the now, not in what you wish things were, not in the fantasies that you can create, but in the now. He has made you able, able. He has equipped you to be in your family right now. He's equipped you to be in your marriage right now. To, he's equipped you to be on your street right now. And maybe it's not going to be at the speed you want. Maybe it's not going to be in the way that you thought it would happen, but do not let discontentment carry you far from the ability that God is providing now. He is our supply. He is our strength. He is our way. And maybe the battle is going to take longer than you thought. Maybe the run to the battlefield is going to take longer than you thought, but focus on the supply that he is providing now. And as we close, I just want to uh, give you a thought to wrestle with, family. I wrote this down, and uh, I'm just excited to leave it with you because this is going to be a thought that I need you to wrestle with, that I cannot be made able in that which I want out of. Read that again. I cannot be made able in the context that I wish, that I wish, that I keep thinking, that I dwell on, that I obsess about being out of. That you cannot be made able in the present if all you've wanted to do is to be out of the present. You cannot be made able in that which you want out of. So maybe we need to redefine our wants, realign them with what we need. Because at the end of the day, you don't need anything but the love of God that he's already supplied. The food that he's already supplying the shelter that he's already supplying. So let's realign our wants because I cannot be made able in that which I want out of. So God, change my wants. Let me be okay in this prison. Let me be okay in this situation. Let me be okay and not okay with all the bad things going on, but just okay to be here with you while the bad things go on because it's in this place that I am made able, made able to speak into it, made able to bring change into it. And it's by your doing. I can do all things now by him who makes me able. I can do all things by him who makes me able but you cannot if you want out of it. And so this morning, as we pray, I want you to wrestle with that thought. Would you bow your head where you're at? God, you are the great and powerful enabler, the divine enabler who takes all of our weaknesses and supplies them with your strength. You take our needs and you supply them with the riches of your glory. And maybe the riches of your glory look different than the worldly riches. Maybe the riches of your glory that you're supplying right now are not what we wished we, we, or we thought we wanted 
But God, they are more than enough. Your grace is sufficient. And what you have in front of us, the abilities that you are providing, what you are supplying now is enough for me to do all things. And so God, forgive me for my discontentment. Forgive me for my paralyzed legs when you have strengthened them to run, but my discontentment has paralyzed them to stay. So God, by your power and might, may we, may we have some runners in this room, in this place, in our family, in our church. May we have some runners who are ready to strain ahead to that battlefield because that's what you've given them the ability to do, God. May we have some people strengthened to leap, to overcome. And like never before, may your glory be known in our church because we sit where we're at and are content in it. Because it's where we are that you are. It's not in our fantasies or in our wishes or our wants of what is to come, but it's where we are now that you are now. So God, lead us in it. Move us in it. And we come to you humbly as we continue in worship. Move us to an action. In only the way that you have supplied. For your glory. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.